spring? Is that you? Warmer temps mean new Allbirds styles. Meet the Superlight Collection, the lightest ever shoes from Allbirds, now in fresh colors. These must-have travel shoes have a lighter-than-air feel and barely their fit that made them the most packable shoes ever. Plus, they're comfy right out of the box. That means more comfort and less baggage. Experience how Allbirds is redefining comfort. Visit Allbirds.com and use code SUPER24 for a free pair of socks with a purchase of $48 or more. That's A-L-L-B-I-R-D-S dot com, code SUPER24. Across America, BP supports more than 275,000 jobs to keep energy flowing. Jobs like updating turbines at one of our Indiana wind farms and producing more oil and gas with fewer operational emissions in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. Welcome to the Smirconish Podcast for independent minds. Yesterday, poll results with 20,291 votes cast. I say 20,291 votes cast. Come on. That is Come that on. is the Wells Fargo Center, and we are selling seats behind the stage and on the floor. Obstructed views? Like, it's not a Flyers game, and it's not a Sixers game, where the ice or the hard court is taking up space that would otherwise be a seated audience for her. That is like the maximum arena. What was all the interest in this question? Should a business which renders artistic services be permitted to refuse service to a gay couple. And two-thirds of you said no. 66.86% said no. It was yesterday in this hour we had a great conversation about a Supreme Court argument that actually took place on Monday about the web designer who does not want to make a wedding website for a same-sex couple. Pretty straightforward facts complicated issue though the court seems to see it clearly not necessarily correctly but they seem poised to support the designers right not to make the site even though as i pointed out yesterday nobody's even asked her to make a site for a same-sex couple this was all kind of anticipatory but okay somehow she got beyond the standing issue and the supreme court has now heard it david cole from the aclu was a really good guest yesterday when I talked about what went on in the Supreme Court on, on Monday, we talked about the, the hypotheticals. Everybody had a hypothetical. And for those of you who have not had the, the pleasure of, of going through a 1L curriculum in law school, that's what it's all about. It's like hypothetical after hypothetical after hypothetical. And this case just so well lends itself to the, well, what about this fact pattern? Justice Sotomayor said, if we rule against, pardon me, if we rule for the designer, if we rule for the designer, meaning the designer's right to say, I'm not making that website, then we are expressly permitting discrimination for the first time on a matter of race, sex, religion, or sexual orientation. To rule for the web designer is to rule for discrimination, says Sotomayor. To which Chief Justice Roberts responds and says, well, yeah, but if we obviously I'm playing a little loose here, but but the gist of what I'm saying is true. Roberts says, yeah, but if we rule against her, if we rule against her, you are now compelling her to speak and say things through her artistry 
that she doesn't believe. And of course, at issue in that case is the Colorado public accommodation law. I think that the court is going to distinguish between services and speech. And probably in the wedding model, it means what? It means if you're an artist. Now, who's an artist? That's the hard part. Is the web designer an artist? The florist? How about the hairstylist? How about the photographer? Because the argument will be, well, they are all speaking through their artistry. The guy who delivers the table and chairs, not so much. Like, deliver the tables, there's no speech involved in delivering the chairs. How about the wedding singer? You know, how about the expressiveness of an entertainer in that scenario? Are they providing straightforward services or are they an artist? You know, in the case of the website, uh, I recently engaged a company to build from scratch the Smirconish.com website. They are artists. Heretofore, we relied on, and we just outgrew it, we relied on something that you could easily access for a small modicum of money and, you know, paint by numbers, create your own website. So the people who did for me what we needed, they were artists. The others, I think they're like the guy providing the table and chairs. Like I said, it's a fact pattern easily understood, but the outcome is complicated. At least I think so. Two-thirds of you said the web designer should not be able to refuse service to the gay couple. I think that's the right call as well. But but getting there is a little bit difficult. Hey, I'll tell you something interesting, <clears throat> parenthetically, from the Washington Post. A restaurant in Richmond, Virginia last week canceled a reservation for a private event being held by a conservative Christian organization citing the group's opposition to same-sex marriage and abortion rights. So this is a restaurant, you know, getting a reservation for a private gig by a conservative Christian group, and they say, you know what, we don't want to serve you. The quote from an Instagram post from the Metzger Bar and Butchery, a German-influenced restaurant in the Union Hill neighborhood whose kitchen is helmed by co-owner Brittany Anderson, a veteran of TV cooking shows, said, quote, we have always refused service to anyone for making our staff uncomfortable or unsafe. And this was the driving force behind our decision. Really? Conservative Christians are going to make you feel unsafe? Okay. Many of our staff are women and or members of the LGBTQ community. All of our staff are people with rights who deserve dignity and a safe work environment. There was more to it. The group was the Family Foundation. They were set to host a dessert reception for supporters. Before it was slated to start, one of the restaurant's owners called to cancel it. As our VP of Operations explained, guests were arriving at their restaurant shortly. She asked for an explanation. Sure enough, an employee looked up our organization and the wait staff refused to serve us. I mean, come on. I mean, if, if there were neo-Nazis and you suddenly found out that the neo-Nazis are coming and, oh, my God, we're going to be serving them. In her blog post, Cobb likened the restaurant's move to establishments that refused to serve black customers in the 50s and 60s. And she decried what she called a double standard by liberals who think a Colorado baker 
should not be allowed to refuse to make a wedding cake for same-sex couples. Legal experts said neither of those are apt analogies. While it's illegal to discriminate against someone because of their race or religion, the restaurant's refusal had to do with the group's actions, said a professor of law at the University of Texas named Elizabeth Sepper. It's about the overall positions and policies the group has taken. It's not about Christian versus non-Christian. According to the American Civil Liberties Union, D.C., Seattle, and the Virgin Islands specifically protect people from being refused service because of their political affiliation or ideology. Wow. I want to tell you about an argument that is about to begin in the Supreme Court of the United States today. It's a bit drier. It's more esoteric. It is no less important. I don't want to feel rushed in doing so, so I'll take a quick time out now. This is the Smirconish Podcast from Sirius XM. Hey, the national sales event is on at your Toyota dealer, making now the perfect time to get a great deal on a dependable new SUV like an adventure-ready RAV4. Available with all-wheel drive, your new RAV4 is built for performance on any terrain, from the road to the trails, and with plenty of passenger and cargo space, plus available tech like wireless charging, you and your entire crew can stay connected. Or check out a stylish and comfortable Highlander with three spacious rows of seating for up to eight passengers and with available features like the panoramic moonroof. You can sit back and enjoy the wide-open views with your whole family. Plus, both RAV4s and Highlanders are available in hybrid models, so no matter your style, you can drive efficiently and save on gas. Visit your local Toyota dealer and check out amazing national sales event deals on RAVs, Highlanders, and more when you visit buyatoyota.com. VR training platforms like the one developed by Fundamental VR and Orbis International are helping surgeons train over and over before operating on real patients. As you practice each skill, the muscle memory starts to develop. Learn more at meta.com slash metaverse impact. When it comes to buying your first home, everyone has questions. Can we even afford to buy a house right now? Well, I need to negotiate. How do I even negotiate? Luckily, a REMAX agent has answers. Hey, Brian, those are really good questions. They are? Thanks. It's my first time buying. I work with first-time buyers all the time. I got you. Remax agents have more experience than other real estate agents. Visit Remax.com or download the Remax app to find the right agent. The right agent can lead the way. Each office independently owned and operated. Listen to Michael live weekdays on POTUS, Sirius XM Channel 124, and on the SXM app. So I said that today's Supreme Court argument, a bit drier, then the uh, the service case that we were discussing, the, the web designer case, more esoteric, but no less important. An Atlantic uh, featured story recently said, they, they titled it this way, a, a story about the case I'm, I'm now going to try and unspool. The Supreme Court case that's all about Donald Trump, even if it's not explicitly about him. It was the subject of exclusive content, by the way, yesterday at Swerkanish.com by a former Pennsylvania Supreme Court justice, well known to me, friend of mine, Sandra Schultz Newman and Ari Middleman from a group called Keep Our Republic. If you go to the exclusive content section of my website, you can read it. It's a case called Moore versus Harper. The simple version is this. It concerns something called the independent state legislature theory. In fact... The Times on the front page 
referred to that this way. Yeah, here's what they said. Maybe their paragraph is, is better than what I'm about to tell you. They said Republicans seeking to restore the legislative map have argued that the state court is powerless to act under what has been a fringe theory known as the independent state legislature doctrine. The theory argues that the federal constitution gives state lawmakers sweeping power to draw maps and set election rules, even if they violate a state's laws or its constitution. So, What went on here is that North Carolina's Supreme Court threw out a gerrymandered congressional map. The Supreme Court in North Carolina, this was after the census of 2020, the Supreme Court of North Carolina threw out a map. They said this is gerrymandered. They wouldn't authorize it, wouldn't allow it to go forward. The state legislature responded by challenging the state court's authority to do so. And if the United States Supreme Court now sides with the North Carolina state legislature, the concern among some is that it'll empower state legislatures to reverse presidential elections in the future. Hence, the Atlantic tying it to Trump, because the concern is, depending on how the Supreme Court rules, the net effect might be an empowerment of state legislatures to act at the behest of someone like Trump, or more specifically, you know, Trump. Rick Hassan has been a guest of mine. He's from, uh, well, he's now at UCLA. I guess he had been at UC Irvine, but he's he is an election scholar, smart guy, frequent guest of mine here, as well as on CNN with me. I read a quote from Rick Hassan, who said, Quote, a muscular reading of the independent state legislature theory would provide a fig leaf for state legislators to try to reverse election results and overturn the will of the people. Okay, so that's one perspective. To the editorial page of the Wall Street Journal, it's something different. Quote, the panicked reaction to Moore versus Harper is unconvincing says the Wall Street Journal. A legislature is the most democratic branch of government. How is it vital for democracy to let a state court rewrite a voting law passed by elected legislators? No matter the outcome of this case, there are federal guardrails because state election laws must follow the U.S. Constitution and acts of Congress. Allow me to go into the weeds and to try and do so without your eyes glazing over. I want to rely in part on Melissa Quinn, who I think did a nice job at uh, CBS. I, I also like Amy Howe's work at SCOTUS blog. I think she's terrific. And and that's posted at Smirconish.com. What is the independent state legislature theory? The theory is the idea that the Constitution's elections clause vests exclusive authority to state legislatures for setting election rules for Congress and the presidency without oversight from the state courts to ensure those laws comply with state constitutions. So, you know, the perspective of, in this case, North Carolina Republicans, the North Carolina Republicans, is to say, hey, the independent state legislature theory doesn't allow the North Carolina Supreme Court, to overturn our gerrymandered map. What does the elections clause say? Quote, the times, places, and manner of holding elections for senators 
and representatives shall be prescribed in each state by the legislature thereof. Now, interestingly, the Times referred to this. What did they say it was? They didn't say it was wacky. A fringe, fringe. They used the word fringe. Well, I mean, the response to that is to say it's not so fringe because Chief Justice Rehnquist, in a concurring opinion, so it doesn't necessarily hold legal weight because it, it wasn't the majority opinion, but it was a concurring opinion in Bush versus Gore, embraced this saying essentially that there are limits on a state court's authority to alter the rules for federal elections. The last 20 or so years have been silent relative to this theory. What then gave rise to it? Here's a little bit more detailed description than what I already offered. It had to do with the North Carolina GOP-controlled General Assembly and their actions after the 2020 census. POTUS audience knows every 10 years we take a census. Those figures are then relied upon. Those That population data is then relied upon to draw state legislative and congressional boundary lines. Okay, so in this case, under the congressional map adopted by the state legislature in North Carolina in November of 2021, Republicans had an advantage for 10 of the state's 14 House seats. Supreme Court comes along in reviewing the final map and rejected it. They said that it was extreme partisan gerrymandering and that it violated the North Carolina Constitution. So the General Assembly now adopted a new congressional map, new voting boundaries, which the Supreme Court in North Carolina threw out as well. Instead, it went on to approve a map created by a group of special masters and assistants and ordered the plan to be used solely for the 2022 cycle. That then got kicked up to the Supreme Court of the United States. So the court decides to hear it. The Supreme Court's rules, and and by the way, it takes four of nine justices to accept a case. Of course, you've got to have five to form a majority. The North Carolina Republicans on one side, they say the crux of their argument lies in the text of the elections clause, which I read which provides the manner of federal elections and says they ought to be prescribed in each state by the legislature thereof. And it kind of turns on the word legislature. Lawyers for North Carolina's Republican leaders in their brief said, quote, that textual choice has an obvious and unavoidable consequence. The power to regulate federal elections lies with state legislatures exclusively. That's what they say. What's the flip side? The flip side is the voting rights groups, the the North Carolina uh, state elections officials, they argue that the text and structure and Supreme Court precedent all cut against the Republicans' position. Lawyers for these groups say it is rare to encounter a constitutional theory so antithetical to the Constitution's text and structure, so inconsistent with the Constitution's original meaning, meaning so disdainful of the court's precedent. They warn the court that adopting the GOP proposed theory is going to wreak havoc as it would require state elections officials to now run two elections simultaneously. One for state elections under the state constitution and another for federal elections. You might be interested to know that the Justice Department has weighed in. They're backing the North Carolina voters 
The Solicitor General is arguing on behalf of the United States and filed a friend of the court an amicus brief. There are also a number of well-known Republicans, including Michael uh, Ludig. You saw him testify. He was the very deliberate speaker. People wondered if he was okay. He said, you remember who I'm talking about now in the January 6 hearings? Brilliant guy. Brilliant guy. Uh, he has weighed in. The governor has weighed in. GOP election lawyer Ben Ginsburg, who was at the unconvention with all of us recently, they've all weighed in on the side of, uh, on the side of, well, on the side opposed to the North Carolina Republicans. And they have all weighed in warning that the forbidding state court, that forbidding state courts from reviewing election laws under the state uh, constitutions would imperil the checks and balances and constrain state legislatures when regulating federal elections. Ginsburg has told reporters that adoption of the independent state legislature doctrine would lead to legal uncertainty that it would increase the chance that legislators give themselves power to certify votes and effectively create an unchecked branch of government. Okay, I hope you're still with me. I hope you have not dozed off. That is my best effort to describe for you the case that's being argued, getting a lot of attention, but being argued today in the Supreme Court of the United States. The poll question that I created as a result of it, and it's overly simplistic, and I acknowledge that. But I I wanted to try and and really just frame a tight issue about which you'd have an opinion. So it is this. Should state courts oversee federal elections? Michael Wines covers this on the front page of the New York Times today. Headline, case will test states control over elections. I'll give you three paragraphs from him and then I shall call it a day. It is a case, quote, with profound consequences for American democracy, said J. Michael Luddig, a former federal appeals court judge, long a hero to conservatives. Chief Justice Nathan Hecht of the Texas Supreme Court, a Republican, has said it is the biggest federalism issue in a long time, maybe ever. On Wednesday, today, the U.S. Supreme Court will hear arguments in Moore v. Harper, a dispute between voting rights advocates and North Carolina's General Assembly, which is controlled by Republicans, that could drastically increase the power that state legislatures have over voting issues. You know, that would have been a a, a cleaner way maybe for me to do it. Do we want to give more power to state legislatures on voting issues? Quote, just how much power is at issue could become clear as the arguments play out. But there's no arguing how high the stakes are in this lawsuit. The court is being asked to decide whether state election laws and political maps passed by state legislatures, specifically a Republican gerrymander of North Carolina's 14 House seats that the state Supreme Court ruled unconstitutional this year, should continue to be subject to judicial review in state courts. That's the issue. Should state courts be able to pass judgment on the maps drawn in those jurisdictions, those states, those commonwealths? Please go to Smirconish.com and cast your ballot if you want to weigh in on all of that. This is the Smirconish Podcast from SiriusXM. 
Hey, the national sales event is on at your Toyota dealer, making now the perfect time to get a great deal on a dependable new SUV like an adventure-ready RAV4. Available with all-wheel drive, your new RAV4 is built for performance on any terrain, from the road to the trails, and with plenty of passenger and cargo space, plus available tech like wireless charging, you and your entire crew can stay connected. Or check out a stylish and comfortable Highlander with three spacious rows of seating for up to eight passengers and with available features like the panoramic moonroof. You can sit back and enjoy the wide-open views with your whole family. Plus, both RAV4s and Highlanders are available in hybrid models, so no matter your style, you can drive efficiently and save on gas. Visit your local Toyota dealer and check out amazing national sales event deals on RAVs, Highlanders, and more when you visit buyatoyota.com. As a professional welder, Shayna Ford uses Forge FX to practice over and over, which helps her improve her skills. The more muscle memory that you have, the smoother your weld is. Learn more at meta.com slash metaverse impact. When it comes to buying your first home, everyone has questions. Can we even afford to buy a house right now? Well, I need to negotiate. How do I even negotiate? Luckily, a Remax agent has answers. Hey, Brian, those are really good questions. They are? Thanks. It's my first time buying. I work with first-time buyers all the time. I got you. Remax agents have more experience than other real estate agents. Visit Remax.com or download the Remax app to find the right agent. The right agent can lead the way. Each office independently owned and operated. Listen to Michael live weekdays on POTUS, Sirius XM Channel 124, and on the SXM app. Kathleen, greetings. You're in San Antonio, Texas. Hello. I wanted to comment on on, on the uh, privately owned companies and whether or not they can pick and choose. I hate to use the word discriminate. I don't like the word. <laughs> um, pick and choose who they can provide services to. So I'm against big government. You know, the more big government, the more I want to push back. So I feel like if a privately owned business wants to run the business their way, as long as they're not doing harm to somebody, um, they should be permitted to do so. However, that being said, um, if they, those same businesses should not be entitled to any government funding, such as PPP loans, employee retention credit refunds, um, because the, the taxpayers that they're saying they don't want to serve are paying those taxes. Yeah, but are you saying that if it's a privately owned restaurant or hotel, they get to decide, including discriminating against, or you don't like that word, not providing service based on race or sex or religion or sexual orientation? Because I can tell you that's a violation of the law. If if you... Yeah, that's, Kathleen- that's, hard, that's harder for me. I'm thinking more of like the, the examples you were providing Um the the, the, the cake decorator a website yeah, yeah. designer I think it was I I was um, just I was just having this this conversation with someone yesterday uh, many years ago I belonged to a club that was for men only 
by the way, mm-hmm. I still be- I still belong to the club, but in the mid to late 80s, that's how long I've been a member of the club, uh, the, a vote was taken among the members and we admitted women. But it was traditionally, it's a, it's a club that dates to the 1860s with a very rich tradition, but the original tradition was one of, it's a men's club. And, and I belonged to this club and still do. That was permitted because it was a private organization and it could run its affairs the way that it saw fit. Now, it, it got a little complicated because the club couldn't have, uh, couldn't welcome public business, couldn't rent out its rooms, its overnight rooms or its, its restaurant rooms because the moment that they took on being a place of public accommodation, they were giving up their right to, well, discriminate. So it's one go. or the other. Yeah. You know, are I, you are I you going to be that. Yeah, but if you and I open a restaurant together, we can't decide we're not going to we're not going to allow Carpatho Rusins or Montenegrins to come in any longer. I I I understand that that's the law, but that's that's where I have some objection. I just think private businesses can can uh, choose who they serve, and, but they but, but should no, not be entitled no, to any government funding. No, you can't do that because some because some some kook is going to run the place and say they don't they don't want to have X, Y, or Z. I'm not even going to fill in the blank, but they're going to fill in the blank with with different groups and and decide to discriminate. And we don't want to condone that. That's not that's no, not. No, we don't want to condone it. We just we just don't we just don't frequent their businesses. We go to some place where where. You know they're more inclusive, but the market can't handle and hopefully that. Hopefully, those businesses go out of business. I, I, I just I, object to big government telling us everything. I we hear can you. And if, I I feel like if I were in San Antonio and we were having a beer, I could respectfully convince you that's just not right. That's not the right outcome, because the the Constitution. I said this. Thank you, though. Nonetheless, I do appreciate your call. The Constitution exists to protect the minorities among us, right? The, the majority, the will of the majority doesn't need protecting. The, the Constitution is most relevant when you are that one person who doesn't look like everybody else in a particular community, and you would otherwise be shunned. And, and that person is not going to have their needs met because instead it will be the majority that has the restaurant or the inn or whatever the case may be. And and you're that Carpatho Rusin who they don't want to serve. No, that the, the Constitution exists to protect you most importantly. Uh Jason, you're also in Texas. Greetings, Jason. Hi. Good morning, Diesel. Thanks for taking my call. Happy hey, to I just wanted to I think it's important um about the restaurant that refused service to the Christian organization. From my understanding, wasn't it like an hour and a half before, like they, they booked the gig and then an yeah. hour and a half before they were supposed to serve them, they said, oh, they called them up and said, oh, by the way, yeah, we're, we're going to cancel on you. I believe that's true. I, I read the story quickly and it sounded like it was on very short notice. I can go back and look at my notes yeah. here. So, so here's what I really wanted to say, though. So I'm a Christian and I'm tired of these Christian organizations saying that they, sh- they, they can't serve people that, that in the Bible, biblical terms would be sinning. It's in, in the Bible, it's a sin to, for a man to be with a man or a woman to be with a woman. But we've all sinned. We are all sinners. Jesus says to love your neighbor and to love your enemy. So we're supposed to love each other. We're not supposed to segregate and 
discriminate and everything else. Why can't here's we the, just all love each other and get along and, and, and be nice to people? Here's here's where to, to answer your first question, quote, this is from The Washington Post. The group, the Family Foundation, was set to host a dessert reception for supporters on November 30. The group's president, Victoria Cobb, wrote in a blog post describing the incident about an hour and a half before it was slated to start. One of the restaurant's owners called to cancel it. She wrote, as our VP of operations explained that guests were arriving at the restaurant shortly and she asked for an explanation. Cobb wrote, sure enough, an employee looked up our organization and their wait staff refused to serve us. Well, I, I think well, shouldn't that's shouldn't that have been done terrible. earlier than an of hour course. and a half before? No, it should have been done. No, it should have been done not at all. It right. should have been done not at all. I mean, you're, you're going to turn away a group because, oh, my God, they're they're evangelical Christians. Right. Be, thro- be thrilled for the business. Where does that thinking end? Yeah. Uh, I don't know. If it were, you know, if, if it were a radical group that had a documented record of violence and yada, yada. OK, I, I get it. You don't want them in your establishment. No, no shoes, no shirt, no service. But, you know, help us all if if, if this is what we've become. Uh, James, what is this, Texas Day? You're also in Texas. Yep. What's going on? Uh, you know, I think the big issue with a lot of the discrimination talks that we keep having is that both politicians and their, their constituents alike refuse to acknowledge that it's not a choice. Homosexuality, being LGBTQ, is not a choice. That it is ingrained, that it is part of who they are. It's the same as saying you don't have the choice of being black or white or, or whatever your race is or religion is for that matter, it's not a choice. So discriminating based off of it saying that my personal beliefs, well, then, I mean, how do your personal beliefs relate to skin color? How do your personal beliefs, you know, that that's where I'm finding it the most confusing is that I don't understand I, how it's even a talk because it's not something that they can choose. Right. I think you said it clearly, which is to say that, I mean, we don't discriminate against people for the hand they were dealt at birth, right? You're born into this. You're born into this world with an assigned gender or race, ethnicity, et cetera. It's like, hey, that's the hand they were given. We're not going to hold that against something beyond their control. I think for a long time, to your point, the reason that some among us wanted to portray uh, sexuality as a as a choice was then it was easier to uphold discrimination instead of looking at it like skin color or gender. Sure. But, you know, as, as human beings, as a culture that is, that needs to progress, we can't stay in the, the, the same norms that we've had for the past 40, 50, 60 years. The, the thought process needs to be turned around to, you know, that this is not a choice. And that, that at, at its core, I think, is the biggest issue uh, with these discrimination games. Like, you, you, can, you can say, you know, that I'm, I'm morally against that or I'm personally against that, but down to its root, the, you know, yes. people that, and it, and it's far, as far as I've known, I haven't actually delved into the science. I, I've, I've heard it. Uh, but it, 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 as, as far as I know, I mean, it, I mean, it's not a choice. I mean, me being as a straight person, I'm at least able to accept that. Like, I, I can't imagine. Oh, I, I, yeah, I'm years, I'm years beyond even 
having to think, debate. I mean, like exactly. there was. I can tell you. I can tell you this, James. There was no. There was no day in my life where all of a sudden I had this epiphany. I'm like, let me see. Yeah, I think it'll be women that I no, will pursue. Exactly. Yeah. Right. And yeah. yet, when I mm. when I look back on my childhood experience, including the the kids in my neighborhood, like I, I I can go back in time and I can say, yeah, there there it was. There was the sign that that one among us was headed on a different path. Not because he chose to. He didn't choose anything different than the rest of us. It's just the way that he was wired. The Smirconish Podcast for independent minds. Listen to Michael Smirconish live weekdays from 9 a.m. to noon east on Sirius XM's POTUS Channel 124 or anytime on the SXM app. Connect with Michael on Facebook, Twitter, YouTube, and at Smirconish.com. BP added more than $70 billion to the U.S. economy in 2022. Investments like acquiring America's largest biogas producer, Arkea Energy, and starting up new infrastructure in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. When it comes to listing your home for sale, everyone and their mom has advice. Oh, honey, who's going to want to buy this place on a cul-de-sac? It's literally a dead end. But for professional advice, a REMAX agent actually knows best. Let's start with a neighborhood analysis. I've been seeing lots of buyers looking to move here. REMAX is the most trusted name in real estate. Visit REMAX.com or download the REMAX app to find the right agent. The right agent can lead the way. Based on 2022 Brand Spark American Trust Study. Each office independently owned and operated.